episode 37 of Who's on Top. This is November 10th, 2020. Oh, what a rocky week it's been. We took a week off for election season. And I want to throw it to uh, one of my favorite analysts, Daniel Fox, to give us the winner of the election. Since he spent so many hours volunteering uh, for the winning campaign. Let's hear it, Foxy. Donald Trump has won real... No. Joe Biden has won convincingly. Look, Dan, Saturday... Uh, we went into town, blasted some music, me and Ellis. Yes, uh, yeah, Speaking then. of Ellis, that's our, our uh, strongest analyst by far. Bench 300 the other day. He's so, massive with a fresh new haircut. The Russian machine, Ellis Gordon. What's up, boys? Yeah, me and Dan, we went to town, dropped, dropped the windows down, playing We Are the Champions. Got an American flag. flag. It's flying around. Real patriots out here. Let's go. And finally, last I, musketeer I of the three musketeers of Five Slam and Jeremy House. We got... The namesake, Jeremy Giles. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and I am at your service. Uh, if I did not mention, this is episode 37. Um, and yeah, let's start off with some interesting stories from the wait, week. Wait, 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 yeah, we can. We have to address the elephant in the room. Your facial hair. Mm, Man yes, yeah. is growing out. I mean, you'll and see it on YouTube. We say elephant in the room because it looks like the wrong side of an elephant's butt. Jesus. Ah. Oh, no, I like it. I was thinking more of a squirrel's bush in my upper lip, but look, I, as one of the only people in our friend group that can actually grow facial hair other than Jeremy, um, I think that I made the decision for um, Movember, which is a great, great, um, great um, support of uh, facial hair uh, for prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men's suicide. Um, and, you know, I made the conscious decision. I was rocking my full beard earlier, but it was getting kind of scratchy, so I decided, you know what, I'll shave it off and keep my mustache. And yes, I'm aware that before the episode started that I looked like a man from the 1890s, but hey, um, I think uh, I think I'm rocking it. So I will what say, do you guys think? Charlie Chaplin was cool too. I will say, oh, I actually got now. Um, <laughs> I will say this is a better time to check out our YouTube now. It is because you don't get it on the audio version no. or his mustache, but on the YouTube you get that mustache. Anyway, let's move on to some sports, Ori. Well, I want to talk about our weeks first, actually. Do we have any fun stories from the week other than election-related uh, shenanigans? No. A lot of pain. A lot, a lot of stress I, and then a good release of stress on Saturday. Oh, we had Jeremy's oh, birthday. Played oh, yeah. yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, Jeremy. Big 19. Yes, I'm yes sir. Oldest analyst in the room. A bit of a grandpa, you know. In true, young in true friend group fashion, he will be receiving his gifts very late, as yeah. always. That's true. Happy birthday, happy Jeremy. Birthday. I think he got a nice election as a, as a birthday yeah. gift. Look, I mean, I, it, was, it was a little late. You know, it was like a friend group gift. It was a little late, you know, but we got Biden. You know, we got it. I, think I like that comparison. So we talked about the presidency. Um, let's talk about Steve Cohen buying the Mets. Daniels, our baseball analyst, do you want to kind of take over what this means for the Mets? Um, yeah, look, this is something that we thought would happen for a long time. I mean, it's been a kind of hard to follow, been very back and forth, but this is a sign that the Mets are going to start competing as a big market team. They have not signed a big time free agent. I think, um, uh, once you want to count Curtis Granderson, but that wasn't, you know, uh, since Carlos Beltran in 2006, they were Diaz was a trade to clarify, right? Yes. Okay. Um, they were a big market organization running like a small market team. And this is a sign that they will compete. With the big boys compete like the Yankees, Dodgers, and Phillies, and Red Sox, like they should. And how, where does that start? When you look at this free agent class, they've been linked to JT Real Muto. They've been linked to George Springer. They've been linked to Trevor Bauer. They are now firmly in conversation for the biggest free agent, which we have not seen with the Mets in, over, in nearly a decade and a half. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's a great owner. He'll spend money. Um, hopefully bring – well, actually, I don't like Mets, but actually I don't I dislike Mets or whatever. He'll bring them back to relevancy maybe as being a big – everything Dan said is right. But I with the Mets, kind of like the Jets. I'll see it when I believe it. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. I said that yeah. wrong twice. Has, I'll believe – if when I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets start becoming a major contender, but – I'll believe it when I see it. And that seemed to always have false hope. Yes, it's a new owner. Maybe turn the leaf. And I'm happy to believe it when I see it. But until then, we're waiting. And what's interesting about the Mets is that they have cleared house. They had fired their GM, Brody Van Wagner, a number of other um, front office positions. So where do they go here? Do they start building up a farm system? I mean, this is a team. You look at the talent. This is a team that can make a postseason run. And they were, you know, they missed last year, but they came very close the year before. Um, are they one or two pieces away? It's all about what Steve Cohen thinks. But Steve Cohen said he wants to win within three to five years, and that is definitely attainable without tearing the whole thing down. I, I also think the one thing that we will do, because we generally do consider second teams in cities, I know they very often get overlooked, but one thing I'm thinking, we think a recent example where they could is look as far as the LA Clippers. And I'm not, obviously they did not win at all and did not have a disappointing postseason finish, but it, they were legitimately a serious contender for the championships. I don't think that can be disputed. I like that comparison. I think the one thing we can say for sure, and I think everybody agrees on this, whether you're a Mets fan or not, that this is a great day for the Mets organization. True. It's a sign of a new era. Yep. One can only hope. I mean, so much pain over such a long time. I mean, as I said before, the the biggest thing in the Mets stadium is the U.S. Open. Ayo. Ah, good one. All right, so let's move on to um, MLB free agency. I, I mean, look. I kind of think of the MLB as like being stuck in traffic or people that post uh, food pictures on their Instagram pages. Like no one cares. No one cares. I like food pictures. I care. Okay. Continue your story. All right. Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't appreciate uh, too much about baseball. I mean, the amount of money that's in baseball is absolutely astounding to me. It's like you're paying millions of millions of dollars to like sort through spam mail or stand in line it's just like what are we doing um but daniel have there been any interesting uh free agent moves so far no there has not been because we are just oh so 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 a boring sport has nothing going on on the off season either this was just a primer really real quick the acknowledgement it's about but we gotta understand about ml free agencies that's not you know, they don't start negotiating until after the free agency starts. It's not like the NBA where, you know, as soon as the ball so drops. Boring. Uh, there's a, it leads to a lot more rumors, a lot more speculation, and it gives you time to digest and really evaluate where everything is. Um, right now, we don't have a clear picture. I mean, we know who the buyers are going to be, like, you know, the Mets. And uh, we'll probably see the Phillies and the Padres and obviously the Yankees. Daniel, uh, who, are the, who are the big sellers, uh, do you think, in this market? Who are like, they? Like, who, who's looking to offload and restart right now? You mean the teams? Yeah, the teams. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I know, I, I know it's, I know it's hard to tell, and you know, there are only rumors. Well, when you but, talk about free agency, there's no real sellers because they're not. It's not their. There's either people who are in on free agents, or there are people who are not in on free agents. Well, well I mean that, like, um, necessarily, people that are just looking to kind of not necessarily renew contract options and kind of maybe focus more on the farming system than um, actually like going through a free agency. Who, um, who, who is not interested in, in many free agents this season? Oh, it's very hard to see. I mean, all the teams that like miss the playoffs and rebuilding when you talk about like the Orioles or the Tigers or, you know, teams like that obviously aren't going to go though. 
you know, add some complimentary pieces there, but they're not going to um, try and, you know, be in a Trevor Bauer, DJ LeMahieu, anybody like that. One team I will say to keep an eye on is the Chicago Cubs. And you think, what? I mean, they, you know, made the playoffs. Um, won a World Series just five years ago. Exactly. But, Sorry. But we, there's been speculation about Chris Bryant. And, I'm sure about that. and with the Braves, and the Braves are going to be buying. So it's very interesting to see what direction they go. I mean, John Lester left. It's a new, it looks like a new era in Chicago. And one last point, Francisco Lindor. The Indians cannot afford to pay him. One. He is going to be a free agent after next year. What happens to him? We've seen the Dodgers linked to him. Uh, the Mets. Yankees. Uh, even saw something with the Red Sox. I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, the Yankees don't really have a spot for him. But they said Francisco Lindor will be moved this offseason. No, and he is a generational talent. And you don't see that very often. But let's talk about uh, the start of the NBA. It's coming up around the corner. It's not too close. But, I mean, it's always fun to kind of anticipate when it's uh, going to start. Um, yeah, so, no, yeah, so it started. They just, they just announced it. It's starting in two months, December 12th. Uh, oh, no, oh, late, late. Sorry, 20 seconds. Sorry, I got yeah, it. 12th is not too much. 20 like seconds. Month yeah. and a half. 20 seconds, but they announced it was two months. Because <clears throat> they announced it October like 23rd or something. Like anyway, right. so they started it in two months. They're starting in two months. Um, this is not really news we need to discuss much. Just throwing it out there. I guess one thing is Will Star's players sit out for a month. It looks like it because, like, especially like players like LeBron or players who went deep into the NBA Finals. I mean, given, given the way COVID – I mean, given the way COVID's going right now, I, I don't – do we are we expecting another bubble? Like I don't think the uh, players. No, are... they're actually expecting fans, which I think is unrealistic. I don't. I don't think fans is realistic. I mean, look, I should, we should we should mention at this point. Um, this is November tenth, right? November tenth, Well, I, I just want to mention that a vaccine with ninety percent success rate is in phase three trial, which means it's been disseminated to over 60,000 people, and it's been extremely effective. 90% is a great rate, especially um, with what we're looking at today. Um, so again, we are currently unsure of how the future looks like, but I don't think NBA players and NBA fans will be the first to receive the vaccine should it come out. Maybe no, NBA maybe, maybe NBA players, because they're extremely rich yeah, and have saying. connections, but I don't think fans not going to be a thing. All the staff not going to be a thing. So yeah. I'm hesitant to say if we – I'm President-elect Biden. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I think – a new change of pants. I think the, um, the one thing with the NBA is that I don't think it's realistic. I, it really is not realistic, I think, to keep a bubble. Just got the bubble, right? Like, it was, it was really good, but it worked for a very short amount of time with a small amount of team. I, yeah, I don't think you plan it. You know, I, think, I think the idea of fans, once again, as you said, I think it's very speculative. I think I think it's – you know what I think it is? I think they can't say no fans and add fans later, so it's better to say fans and take um, I disagree with you. I think they could do that. Well, I think anyway, we've seen but, teams in the NFL do that, know, but that's outdoor stadiums. And also, this is one thing we talked – we actually just talked about this sports management class, that this is the NFL where you're talking 20, 20% capacity, it's 15,000, yeah. 20,000. 20,000 uh, fan arenas that we're yeah, talking about. True. Yeah. So how much of a difference does a three or 4,000 fan uh, attendance make? It's a good question. And yeah. one thing I will say about the NBA restart is that when you add more games, you're sacrificing the quality of the games because you're going to get players on minute restrictions. True. You're going to get players sitting out. Yeah. And these players, you need time to rest. Well, that's what I want to talk about. The NBA, real quick, just to kind of like wrap this up. The sure. NBA is in a rock, is between a rock and a hard place. But I think... Not, you need a you need a new season. Obviously, there's nothing you can do. It, people are just gonna have to deal with even worse the first two months of basketball than they normally do. It is what it is. I think the NBA. And I think yeah, like I think it just 
it and like I think in the past we've blamed players like Kawhi a lot for sitting out games. I think the big difference this year is you're not going to blame players, right? Like LeBron is what 35, 36. Yeah, LeBron's there's no, and, there's no play for him. Yeah, so. and he just finished like a fine trend. There's no like if he sits out the first month or two. All right, no but also problem. one last point about the NBA. It's difficult because it's difficult because you have an endpoint because they need to finish before the start of the Summer Olympics, mm-hmm. which. I mean, I, it's tough to say if that will happen, but I feel like... Yeah, I, again, speculative yeah. about the summer Olympics. They're aiming to end by that point. So if you go into starting in February... And also, wait, one, last, one last thing. that okay. You're talking about some teams haven't played since March. So yeah. if you haven't played since March, and now you're talking about starting in January or end of December, yeah. that's a competitive disadvantage, in my opinion, to go 10 months without playing the basketball. Yeah. But again, that's ten months of rest too. Yeah, I also. But that's also a competitive advantage to the teams like the Heat and the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what, that's what I. That's what I said. Yeah, well, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, no, no, cool. Um, so I think we we want to move on on a conciliatory note. Um, I think Ellis has some has some things to say. Yeah, I roasted Atlanta. We all pretty did. hard. We all did, but I, I led the charge on the Atlanta <laughs> roasting last episode. Go check it out. Um, but now. It is time for us to say we are sorry, not for the sports takes because they're right, but for the choking as a city. The city doesn't deserve the crap sports teams. They came up clutch, they did. Yeah. They did. went blue, they and did. for that, they are getting they should, the they city. Turned out, they turned they out. Turned out. The, they city, turned out. the city no longer getting crapped on. The sports teams, play. fair play. So I we're sorry to that. Look at what happened this Sunday. Falcons <laughs> had a lead. I think we were all saying, oh, is that going to hold? It helped. So is this a new they era? Gave up twenty-one in, in the four. Is it a new era? They in gave Atlanta? up twenty-one in the four. They how they held? How they held? They held. I'm not saying how they held. I'm just saying they held. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So you. thank you, thank you for that apology to Atlanta. I have some friends here that were kind of disappointed to hear that, Ellis. Yeah. And with that, we move to an ad by Daniel Fox. If you're like me, finding something quick and easy to make for dinner is hard. You're working seventy-hour weeks. You're taking care of your roommate, and you really don't have time to make three-hour meals. Don't get me wrong. You're perfectly capable of doing so. You just don't have the time. That's why I'm a huge fan of chicken tikka masala. Now, just because chicken tikka is quick doesn't mean it's easy. It's a five-step process, and many people overlook the steps. First, you take the chicken tikka out of the box. That's key. Many people will put the box in the microwave. That's bad. Then you poke about 15 holes in the box. Here's a trick. Poke to the rhythm of the catchy song. I usually go with Eye of the Tiger. Then microwave the tikka for three minutes. Not two minutes, not four minutes. Some people only put it in for two minutes. That is ignorant and dangerous. After the three minutes, you peel the chicken tikka back. Evaluate it. Can you smell the heat? Finally, put the chicken tikka in the microwave for an additional two minutes and 30 seconds. And that's it. Chicken tikka is a delicious blend of authentic Indian cuisine, Tikka chicken and wonderful white rice. Many people don't appreciate the order of the tikka, probably because they don't make it right. If you cook it for only, say, five minutes instead of five minutes, 30 seconds, it's going to taste cheap and inauthentic. A skilled cook like me gets the best out of the tikka every damn time. (laughs) And if you follow the steps, you can too. And that has been an ad by Daniel Fox. Thank you. Okay, so... Let's start off with our most popular segment, according to all metrics, metrics being me, um, <laughs> NFL poetry. And as Ellis has his phone out, I'm going to pick on him first. 
Jeremy, take it away with the NFC North. All right. I want to be clear. This is my. This is not my Hamilton one. We're saving that one for the end. NFC North. The Packers roll the 49ers harder than I roll out pizza dough. 49ers all injured again, you know? The Bears, they fought hard. The poor big Nick, he was soft. All he could do with the ball was loft. The Vikings went three in a row. Dalvin Cook looking stronger than Blue Georgia right now, you know? The Lions, they're dying like usual. Those supporting Stafford, I'm sorry, they lying. Thank you very much. All right, so pretty good. So I'm going to have to turn up the sex appeal for this one. <laughs> oh, Boy, this is on. It's going on YouTube. <laughs> I do YouTube this week, but okay. That's fine. This is fine for this. What if you have to hide? Thursday night football. <laughs> the table is set. But Mullen and company were about to get upset. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, dynamic duo galore. Took it to the Niners and ran up the score. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> the Bears took a page of out of Daniel's phrases, remember who you are, and got put back in their zoo cages. And the Lions, oh, the Lions, took out a page of Ellis's book. My wrist hurt. I'm weak. And they let Dalvin cook. Wow, that's oh. really good. Oh, how do I miss... Those nine and seven days where we had Jim Caldwell before this Matt Patricia craze. But now we are stuck with a large bearded man. No, it's not a, a Yalbinari, but a useless trash can. Good, good. All right, Corey, you're also ad-libbing the AFC North. Let's get it. Let Zeke run. But unfortunately, the Cowboys couldn't get it done. They blew a lead, and boy, was it sad. But Big Ben has Rona. Boy, is he mad. The Indianapolis defense was meant to be good, but boy, they got taken to the John Hopkins hood. Um, Lamar Jackson looking eh, not at his best, but they still nutted all over Indianapolis's chest. Oh, is that it? Don't I have one more? Uh, no, the Bengals and the Browns were on bye. Yeah. I think you I think the Bengals and the Browns are both on a bye. Boy, is that exciting. No one cares why. Let's move on. And I'm gonna turn my sex appeal off. The Panthers went to Arrowhead and gave the Chiefs a good fight. With Teddy, C Mac, and DJ, there's no doubt their future is bright. The Panthers opened up the playbook with reverses and fake punts. A last-second field goal would have put them out in front. But alas, 67 and swirling wins is far too much to ask. Holding the Chiefs under 30 is also no easy task. The Falcons and the Broncos in the game nobody was watching. Julio Jones let his route running do all the talking. No Calvin, no problem for the team for the, for the Big A. It was shocking to see their lead for once not slip away. That's it. All right. Right. Very nice, very nice. Nobody noticed that I just didn't talk about the Buccaneers and Saints. We just let me. And now Ellis Gordon with the AFC South. All right. Jay Clutton came out hot. And despite being down, the Jags fought. In the end, though, Houston took the dub. 
trying to save their season from being a flub. The Titans came to Chicago and took a win. Derrick Henry is made of tin. The Colts' defense is fire. The offense, not so much. I guess it's time for Philip Rivers to retire. Woo! All right, Ori. NFC West. Let's get it. Wow. All right. This is another ad lib, baby. The Dolphins and the Cardinals, who thought this would be a good game. But damn, Kyler Murray wants to create a name. Tua Tagalovia played pretty well. Kyler Murray, though, in his first double-triple, had to take the L. Miami stays on course. They might be playoff bound. But wait, what do I hear? That's Josh Allen making a sound. Let's move on to the Bills and Seahawks. Quite a perfect game. The Bills put up 44. And Russell Wilson still has a crane. The defense for the Seahawks makes absolutely no sense. They look to go to the same school as freaking Carson Wentz. Because North Dakota had no defense back in the day. And looks like Pete Carroll is taking a book out of the same play. Buffalo is 7-2. and two. What is going on? Apparently, the Seahawks' D just doesn't turn on. I believe that is in the entirety of the NFC West, but correct me, this is ad-libbing at its best. That's good. That's good. That's good. Nice story. <laughs> All right. It, it's me next, AFC East. I don't want to see you for this one. I don't like this. What makes me sad? The Blade Runner took to the grass. His passes fly through the air. Oh, so fast. Running and throwing, he is simply sublime. When I watch him, I just forget the time. This week was the return of Elite Joe. He looked oh so good in his bright green glow. But alas, the Jets blew it. Oh, this is a dead bar, but it's okay. Folk showed real grit. The two led Dolphins look legit. Cam Newton still does not look like a great fit. Are this Bills team, is this Bills team truly great? And is 0-16 the Jets' true fate? <laughs> Thank you for that rancor noise, Jeremy. And now, the NFC our favorite heap of piling trash, Daniel Fox. Okay. Um, the undefeated Steelers versus the lowly Cowboys. Man, this looks like a route. But the Cowboys held tough and took an early lead, leaving the Steelers' undefeated season in doubt. Got to give credit where credit is due. Big Ben led the Steelers back. He threw a touchdown and led a game-winning drive, even with a knee that went, crack! <laughs> the football team and the Giants down in the nation's capital. Trying to win games with Kyle Allen at QB just really isn't practical. So when Allen was down, it was Smith's turn to shine, and hey, he made the plays. But Jones was solid, and the D got three picks, ruining Smith's fairy tale day. That's weird. Who else threw three picks this week? Oh, well, none of them were his fault. And <laughs> okay. has a last name that rhymes with Grady and starts with a B. I think you're thinking of Tom Brady and his pra- his special GOAT three-point performance against St. Stephen's. Yeah, ah, yes, yes. Oh, um, 
Unfortunately, I have to support Tom Brady because he went to Michigan. It's 100% his fault. Dan, I quote about Tom Brady. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, so let's move on to uh, AFC West with Jeremy Giles. Another, most of my Hamilton poem of the week. This one we are doing based on the 10 Dual Commandments. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the NFL Commandments. It's the NFL Commandments. Number one, the Chargers demand satisfaction. When the game's close, there is no further action. Number two, Justin Herbert can't grab a friend, has no second. New lieutenant, when there's reckoning to be reckoned. Number three, have your Derek Carr be face-to-face. Negotiate a tie or find a running a time and place. This is commonplace, especially in division. Few disputes die and no one shoots. Number four, they don't score a touchdown. That's all right. Get car receivers and some Waller on site. You shake Herbert's hand. You treat him with civility. Have him turn around as his team loses inevitability. Five, Drew missed even before the sun was in the sky. Pick a place to die where it's high and dry. Number six, Lena Vaughn, your star of king. Tell him how bad you've been. Pray the Falcons do it again. Seven, Indy, reconfess your sins. Ready for the moment of adrenaline when you finally face the Panthers? Number eight, your last chance to negotiate. Sending Kelsey, see if they can set the record straight. Travis, McCaffrey, sir, do you agree we should win this game? Yeah, same. But not even playing would be criminal. Shame. But we need to pay with a dub. We both know that's absurd and lame. Hang on. How many times did the Chiefs almost lose because their first half was inexperienced and ruinous? Okay, so we're doing this. Number nine, look Teddy in the eye, aim no higher. Summon all the courage you require. Then count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Number 10, first down, touchdown fire. Jesus Christ. Man has bars for Every week, this man has bars. While his tone might not be great, his rhythm is impeccable. <laughs> That's that. true. Yes, that is fair. After this weekend of marvelous poetry for week nine of the NFL, we have, oh, it's not me, it's Ellis with some obituaries. All right, Matthew Stafford got beat in the second half sack. Chase Daniel had to come in and pretty much look exactly the same as Stafford with less zip on his throw, so whatever. Um, he won't miss any time, though. Cleared for concussion just now. Kyle Allen, ankle was shattered. Allen's season is over. Alex Smith, return season. Big David Montgomery, not like he can run anyway. But, I mean, he got injury as well, so he can't, really can't run now. He got a huge hit, and he has a concussion, maybe. They're still diagnosing, but it looks like a concussion. David Johnson, another player who can't run healthy, but especially can't run with an injury. He's sustained a concussion. He has to go through protocol. He might not be able to play next week. <laughs> Preston Williams, most overrated wide receiver, two in the league, and he's, everyone thinks he sucks. That's how bad he is. Dropped him for my fantasy team. He got car to the locker room with a foot injury and will miss multiple weeks. So I don't have the puns that already dies. We'll get that next week. Mike Williams, the jump ball extraordinaire, almost made the game-winning touchdown grab, but didn't. Instead, he lost his flair. Instead, he lost his flair and got injured. Um, Ken Gali might return back. Sorry, now I'm just adding living. Dara Henderson finally returned back 
I think that's it. Sorry. A spare obituary for today. We're missing the venerable Jacob Kazin, as you probably can tell, who is our obituary main man. So we have to work a little empty-handed. We miss you, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to NFL midseason playoff predictions and takes. It's been a pretty wild season, to say the least. I mean, I don't know what we really expected, but, like, I guess the Chiefs being on top and the Steelers, the Steelers kind of came out firing. That was, uh, that was impressive, but Chiefs, no one's really surprised there, but let's get some midseason playoff predictions and takes. I want to start with Daniel Fox. You know who's making the playoffs? No. They're, they're three and five. Let me see if you can guess. They're the Lions? Maybe the best team. Oh, no, you not the Lions. The running back, maybe the best running back in the league. Vikings, we are 100% right. Dalvin wow. Cook. Wow. Dalvin Cook does beat Cook. They're on a three-game win streak right now. They are They are hot. And you know who's not hot right now? The Bears are going down. The Vikings are going up. Dalvin Cook is literally. I, think, I, I just think there are better teams in the NFC. No, 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 no. You know what we made right now? You know what we made tonight? Tonight we made some chicken tacos. And you know what Dalvin Cook's going to be cooking? They're going to chicken tacos with those Vikings. And they are going to eat those tacos. And they are going to go, they're going 9-7, and seven, wild card team, mark it right down, mark it in the box. So, yeah, well, I have a better question. Alice, did you slip any hallucinogen? Did you slip any hallucinogens into Jeremy's tacos? Because he's not know, making any sense right now. I don't know sense. Look, look, look listen, listen to me. The Vikings, the Vikings are looking great. Dalvin Cook, probably the best, uh, best running back in the league right now. I think it's pretty close to Kamara. Kamara probably gets more volume, but um, Dalvin Cook's best pure runner in the league may be close with Derrick Henry. Does that make a team? Does that carry a team? No, not really. Uh, let's, let's talk about that. No, but, well, but they have a good offense. I'll back up Jeremy and then ruin his argument. Um, so first, we're backing up Jeremy. The Vikings have the 38th year schedule in the NFL as of now, so that's very plausible, and they're on a win streak. Now, let's talk about the, the main Vikings law. They have zero pass defense and almost zero rush defense. I mean, you can't make the playoffs starting three and five like that. The Bears will squeak out some ugly wins like they did against the Bucs. They'll make the playoffs over the Vikings. Um, my NFC West prediction, my NFC I mean, playoff predictions are here are the seven teams getting wait, can in. I, can I respond Ready? To that? In a second. Packers, we, uh-huh. Bears, no. Seahawks, Cardinals, Eagles. Oh, wait. Vikings actually. Rams. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me restart. For some reason, I didn't see the Saints and Bucks. Let's do it again. Sit in, in no order. Saints, Bucks, Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Eagles, Rams. I have the exact same. Bears and Rams are toss up because I think the Bears are, even though their offense is The Rams have a tiebreaker. Logically, you're probably right, but you know what? I like them. I can see the Vikings. I see, I see you. The Vikings I see. have a bunch of easy teams. It's a good hot take. I'm, and I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy for Mike Zimmer. I think he's a great coach, and I think he got screwed kind of with his defense. So I could, I think the Vikings, I, I mean, you want to see Dalvin Cook in the, in the playoffs. You want to see that. And they yeah. were a playoff team last year. And they won a playoff game on the road in New Orleans. I mean, I think they could have, like, a Texans. Remember when the Texans started yeah, out with like uh, one So, and they I have a question for you guys. Who are the real competitors in the NFL? Well, Jeremy, I assume you have the same picture as us other than the I Vikings think, over the Bears. Okay. I, essentially, yes. Okay, so well, who are the who are the named top three competitors in this league? I think there's a clear top four. Four, yeah. Four I think there's them. a tier top four. I mean, I can see the Cardinals making some noise. But it's Packers, it's Saints, it's Seahawks, and it's Fox. Yep, that's fair. They all have – Yeah. Um, uh, no, I'm not – I'm still not sold on Drew Brees. But um, I think the talent level um, on each of those four teams is just far and above both, I, uh, anything I think the, the other great teams the have. The one thing that's kind of concerning to me, though, 
that kind of makes this year a bit of a weird year. Is that I feel like this is a year kind of inconsistency to an extent, right? Like the fact, like the weird things. I would say depend because of how badly the Bucks lost and how badly the Packers lost. I want to say that they're not serious contenders, but they are. You're allowed right? one bad game. But there's a bad game, and then there's a destructive game. You remember when the 49ers beat the Packers last year? Like, that's the kind of game that – the Packers went to the NFC Championship game. And they got to blow them out again. Okay, but we're not they, – they might not play the Saints. My, my only point is that because it's so weird and happening to every team, I think I'm kind of giving it a little bit more slack. Listen, I think even with Drew Brees, if the Saints can stay healthy, I think this could always be their year. I mean, they've showed as the moment they're the Buccaneers' daddy – and I, I don't know. I think the Saints, that. and I think the Saints can be. The, I think the Saints could be the Packers and the Seahawks. So I think the Saints are the favorites. I think the uh, Packers and the Bucks are very similar. I agree um, yeah. because I don't love their head coaching, but I love their quarterback. And their and consistency I, is up for question. Yeah, and I think the Saints and the Seahawks are uh, similar because yeah. they both have elite head coaches, um, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Um, uh, to be honest, they're different. They're a lot different. I just think the Seahawks. I don't know. Their defense concerns me, which yeah. it doesn't necessarily concern me for the regular season. Like, I think they'll be fine. For the playoffs, their defense concerns me. Do you want, let's go AFC. So, yeah. so any hot takes here real quick? Or do you want to uh, give our top seven right now? Not really. I mean, I'm looking at this. I mean, I think – I mean, I pro- I picked the Bills to win the AFC East, but I probably didn't pick them to go seven. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how many hot takes. So here's 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 my list, and we can we can talk about my uh, list. Yeah. Basically, I mean, I think the, so. I mean, I have, it would be easier if you went in order. Can I say my list because I'm in order? Sure, of seats. say in order. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So number one, I know you're going to disagree with this, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to win because mm-hmm. they have one loss. Yeah. It's and I think. Okay. Yeah, That's okay. Right. So then I have the Steelers at two, Bills at three, Titans at four, Ravens at five, Raiders at six, and the Browns at seven. Now I could make Whoa, a case. Okay. I could I make a case for the Dolphins. Um, because right now they're in a playoff really? spot. The Dolphin and the Colts are the other two. Camps. Um, exactly. Yeah, but I'm not so. I think the Colts. Uh, they have to play. They have to play. Show me what they do against Tennessee. I want to see what they do uh, against I Tennessee. Agree. I I'm my, not sold on them. I'm not sold on the Browns and Raiders either. My only point is the Colts is a, are contenders. I think I actually like the Raiders because the Raiders have had big wins. The Raiders have been they've been in the Chiefs. Well, they've been the, they've been the Saints, right? Yeah. So the Raiders have had some really big wins. I think the Raiders. Yeah, have the Raiders are, and I think you know these are the Raiders and the Browns are both. A, Incredibly flawed teams that I think both ten and six. I, actually, I think the Colts scream nine and seven because their offense just can't do nine it. And seven, to honest, nine and seven. I, to be honest, I actually really disagree with you on the Raiders and Browns. I think the Raiders are significantly better than the Browns because the Ra- the Browns cripple against big teams. The Raiders do not. Let me Raiders, with that said, the Browns did beat the Colts. Let, let me give you Raiders my seven. They have no defense. They have no defense. They let me give you my seven. Yeah, they beat the Chiefs. How much are you saying? Okay, 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 okay. Can I get okay, my, okay. my seven? I mean, yes. yes. I, okay, my yeah. seven. One is Steelers and two are Chiefs. It doesn't matter. You can interchange them. Three, Bills or, or Titans. I also Bills. Or interchangeable. Dan also had Bills. Those are interchangeable. Yeah. Three or four are interchangeable. Five, clearly Ravens in my eyes. And here's where it gets muddy. I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go. Let, let's be brave. I'm going to go six Dolphins, seven Colts. Really? Um, oh, ooh, actually, I lie. Mm. Eh. Mm. I like the Raiders. Six Dolphins. Raiders or Colts, I'm so in between right now. Yeah. But I'll go Raiders. I'll go seven Raiders. Listen, the Dolphins get to play the Jets again, I believe. They get to play the Patriots again, I believe. Those are two wins in my books. They could that That's seven wins already. They could scrape out another three, in my opinion. Um, I think Dolphins have got this. Now, it becomes – it becomes and Brian Flores great coaching. They'll scrape out some wins. They'll get they'll lose in the playoffs, but they'll get it. 
Now, Raiders, Raiders, Browns, and Colts for that last spot is competitive. I like the way Derek mm, – see, I want to say Colts because of that legendary defense. Is that legend? We're talking legendary. It's legendary. It's no, way cap, but it's very, very good. It's not a good defense, but they just can't compete offensively. Do you think yeah, the Ravens yeah. are an elite defense? And they could not do anything. They can't. They couldn't I, do anything. The the one thing. Okay, I'm trying to. So, could I give my list possibly? Yeah. So I think I'm not gonna give one through four because I think we all agree. That yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, you're wild card. So I think definitely Ravens five, mm-hmm. Raiders six. To me. I think those two are the easiest ones. For me. Interesting. I think seven to me is gonna be a dog fight. I, you know, I kind of think I agree. Mm, I think for me, it's definitely between. I don't think the Browns, just because the Browns are in a really difficult division. Like, even the Bengals are better than the record shows, in my opinion. So, and like, yeah. obviously, the Steelers are right. So, I actually don't think the Browns. I'm, I'm not sold. Oh, there's I, more games. I think I might say, to be honest, I think I might say the Dolphins because just because I, just because I think with the Colts, I agree. Their offense is really limited, and I think it has it's very much has like a Bears feel, kind of like a Bears from a few years back. Yeah, and, yeah. Kind of you could you could you sure, that team made the, the Dolphins have an easy schedule coming up. I just looked at their schedule. Yeah, exactly. But they're also the kind of team that can lose to the Bengals at home. That's true. I'm not completely sold. That's true. I'm, not I'm sold, sold on Brian Flores. I'm sold on Tua as the QB of the I future. Like, but I'm not sold on the whole product in 2020. I agree, but I agree. I'm sold they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they'll win. I, but I feel like the Dolphins on the Brian Flores is different than the Dolphins on the Pats. Yeah, all right. So let, let's talk about the contenders here. And I think there's really only two at the moment. Uh, maybe three. I still think like the Ravens are contenders. I think the Bills, no. I think the Bills... I think right now the Bills could slip in there, but the Chiefs and Steelers have to be the clear-cut favorites. Yeah. I think they're clear-cut favorites. I mean, if you look at the Ravens, I don't know if the Ravens against the Chiefs, but against the Steelers, I mean, the, the Ravens, Ravens they, almost doubled them in yardage. They just lost because the Ravens got stifled against the Colts defense. They won by 14. That shows you something. At the end, though. No, but the, the Ravens lost to the Steelers because Lamar had four turnovers, which is something that's very rare watched, for Lamar. We both watched that game. Did you see? You think the Ravens' offense – could move, could if it wasn't no. for the Colts, yeah. So no, I mean, but but if you're talking about the Steelers, the Steelers almost. But they lost win by fourteen, even when the, they don't move the ball. But the Steelers almost lost to the Cowboys. Like I'm not. Like my point is that you can't say that and then not. Yeah, but of course, of course, the Ravens can win. But I don't think they're keeping this in my favorite. I never said no. I don't think. Right. I said I think there would be completely overmatched. I said Chiefs. I think. I think they could hang toe to toe with the Steelers. I said I think they're a serious contender, which I do. I don't think they're. I think they're a contender. I'm not going to stop. I put that word serious there. I'm buying in on the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I agree. I that's one spot. I'm not sold on the Steelers. I can see the Bills. Just they have more offensive firepower. I can see them beating the Steelers. I can see the Ravens beating the Steelers. I can see. I mean, let's, let's talk about the Bills real quick, and not and not Josh Allen. Let's talk about playing a home game there in the snow. You know what I think about the That's Bills? Something well, I think the Bills are one year away of being a serious contender. I just—it's that I, I just, play the Bills in the snow. I don't trust. Class. But who Josh are we talking Allen about in the snow? We're talking about which team can't play in the snow? The Raiders. Who can, the Steelers can play in the snow. The Ravens can play in the snow. The, the snow. Chiefs can play anywhere. The Chiefs can play in the snow. Okay. Um, and la- last thing I want to talk about is MVP. I think it's down to Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Real quick, who's your MVP? Patrick yes. Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Uh, as of right now, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, but Mahomes is a quick second. I think oh, right. uh, you didn't mention Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is just the third, but he's not. No, I think he's ahead of Mahomes. Really? Yeah. Mahomes ain't one with, like, Okay, I just, I it's just, right what there. Russ is doing is insane. He's the number one offense. I think it's going to go to Russ. I don't think it's that I think right now it's Russ, but it could change. It okay. could change. Yeah. I think Wait, right Daniel, now. why do you think Rodgers over Mahomes? 
Oh, uh, because I think we're sleeping on the kind of season Aaron Rodgers has if you take out the Buccaneers game. Um, I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers. He dominates in the regular season. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree, but 25 touchdowns, one interception for Patrick Mahomes. I don't think anyone beats that. I just think the thing about Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson is carrying his team. Mahomes is obviously very good. I don't think he's carrying the team with him. Right, like if you look at Andy Reid and Andy Reid's teams, I think without Mahomes, I don't. They can't win a Super Bowl, but I think they could still make the playoffs. Yeah, maybe it's just maybe the, it's just the Seahawks don't make the playoffs without Russell Wilson. Maybe I'm just you know, um, you know what is it called? Patrick Mahomes fatigue for being so great for so long. To be honest, I kind of think so. To be honest, could be. Um, I mean, I don't know. So great for so long. He's played two years. He's just won an MVP in Super Bowl in those two years. I mean, Rogers does have the higher passer rating. Don't disrespect my Mahomie. Um. Yeah, oh, what a terrible week. Brady was right there, and then he sort of – he was right there. He yeah, was right now there. he's not. He was second in touchdowns, top five in passing yards. No, he's definitely not. Should we move on to predictions? We got one. No. Let's move on to predictions. All right, let's move on to predictions. Um, so we're going to start with Eagles and Giants. It's going to be a, it's gonna be an ugly game, to say the least. But Eagles coming off a bye, Giants coming off a tough loss. What do we think? Um, yeah, I got the Eagles. I mean – I mean, they're sort of putting it all together. Um, and I just don't think the Giants are a very good football team. I think they're frisky, and I think they have a good, you know, foundation there. But at this moment, the Eagles are the better football team. Quite honestly, I have to give Dan credit. I kind of think he nailed it perfectly. Like, I, I actually think it's close, and I think the Giants definitely could win, simply because the Eagles are so injured and so Carson Wentz reliant, and he hasn't been so consistent this year, so he could have a bad game. But I just don't feel in good conscience I can pick Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz. Yeah, listen, I'm, I totally agree with their analysis, but I'm going to focus on the Giants load here. Every week they've slowly been improving, so I can see this game. That said, the Eagles have been their weird monkey on the back where they just can't seem to beat them, which is such an odd thing to have a monkey on the back. But either way, they can't. Um, I'm not going to be the one to pick – I'm not going to be the one to pick the Giants or the Eagles, even as a Giants fan, because Eagles have their number. But they're improving every week. You watch them play. They get better and better so far. So right. I can see the win, but Dan's analysis is right, Eagles. I mean, things get kind of interesting, right, if the Giants win. Yeah, it does. Have three wins, and the Eagles still stuck on four. Yeah, the Giants. So things get interesting. I think both teams are going to have a sense of I mean, you watched the Giants the last I mean, few they games. Could, they haven't played bad. They no, they both, haven't. They could both make the playoffs, too. Even though they have three and four wins. That's hilarious yeah. to me. All right. I'm sorry. Let's move on. All right. So oh, all by the way, I want to announce I'm up by three on all of them. For the predictions round. You are up by three. Three is a good number. Um, so, Ellis is up by three. In addition, you all pick the Eagles. I have a feeling Jacob's just going to take the Giants. It's like, why not? But yeah. Texans and Browns, who are we taking? Um, both Wolf, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks coming off good games. Uh, love that for my fantasy team. Uh, I guess I could start. I think the Browns. I, I actually think once again. I can You know what? I kind of described this on the same way that I described the Giants game. That I certainly think it's going to be a close game, and I certainly think you can never rule out Deshaun Watson. To be honest, like he's a really, really good player, and the Texans are kind of on a hot streak. And I know the Texans often do this, where they start out really slow and then they end up winning. Like where a few years ago with Deshaun, they started out one and four and ended up making the playoffs. So I certainly think they can win. I just think the Browns are a team with a winning record. I don't think Baker Mayfield's great, but I think the team as a whole is a really, really strong, really stacked team, and I just think they're going to get the win. I think it'll be a close game because Deshaun, but I think they're going to, I think they got it. This is a show-me game for the Browns because they came out first game without Odell and allowed six point, and scored six points to a terrible defense. 
We played another terrible defense this week, but an offense with firepower. So and then there are teams like this in the AFC who don't have the defense but have these explosive offenses. So if we're going to take the Browns seriously as playoff contenders, they need to win some of these games, and it starts this week. So, again, I keep picking the Browns. I feel like I keep getting burned, but they're at home. I feel like they're always at home. They're at home like five straight weeks. Um, but I'm picking the Browns. Yeah, I mean, Dan says it right. They keep picking the Browns. They keep getting burned. And so I'm going to keep on picking against the Browns, and I'll keep <laughs> getting the benefits of that. I mean, this Texans, what did Jeremy say? They go on runs midseason. Romeo Cornell, I like his coaching style. He's aggressive. They're going for the win. Yes, I don't like that they the Jags hung in there. I don't like that. The Texans team, I just really low on the Browns. I think the Texans put up a good amount of points with Watson, Fuller, uh, yeah, David, uh, David Johnson sucks, but, um, and, and Brandon Cooks. And this Browns pass, this Browns pass um, defense sucks. And, yes, this Browns pass rush is good, and their, their run defense is pretty good. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I'm not too worried about him pass rush-wise. Um, they're going to win this. It's certainly possible. All right, so we got one more uh, game from the NFC North. Vikings and Bears, I hope both of them lose so the Lions get something out of it. <laughs> but who are we taking? I'll, I'll start. Um, I, no, you go. Wait, I, you know what? You know that I'm going to say. I picked them to go to the playoffs. You know, I picked them over the Bears. You got to start. I picked the Vikings over the Bears. You know, you got to start somewhere. You got to start beating the Bears. Dalvin Cook, is he going to have a 200 yard game? Probably not. Is he going to have over 102 touchdowns? I'd say so. This Bears defense is really good. This offense is terrible. Mike Zimmer is figuring it out. Vikings, four-game win streak. Skull for the skull for the team. Let's go. We got it. Yay. Yeah. See, this is this is a game. I think the Bears could actually pull out a win, even though they shouldn't deserve it. But I'm picking the Vikings because of the way Bears are in a free fall, and the Vikings are the Vikings are on the rise. The, what's the Vikings' biggest defense? They they have the worst pass defense in the league, other than the Seahawks. Um, so, but it's not like the Bears are going to do anything like with that. Like, it's Nick Foles, let's be honest. He hasn't played hey. in a long time. Big <laughs> Nick. Okay, well, Big, you know what? Nick isn't getting... That's a big against him. Wait, yeah, exactly. So, Why am I big against Nick now? Vikings are not making the playoffs, but they're winning the day, this game. Yeah, I mean, look, the Bears are always going to be competitive. Because they're competitive against the Bucks, they're competitive against the Saints. Especially at home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, football, sports is a game, is momentum. Momentum is key. And the Vikings have won three straight games. The Bears, embarrassing loss Monday night against the, uh, against the Rams. Um, lost heartbreaker to the Saints. And uh, they lost this past week to, who was it, the Titans? Yeah. Another close yeah. game. They're just too limited offensively. The Vikings have the momentum. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Stake Seahawks, Rams, a nice NFC NFC West matchup, uh, Seahawks coming off tough loss. Else, yeah. what do you think? So this is again, these are good games because I think the Rams on paper, actually, I like this Rams team. Their defense is criminally underrated. I think they're like eighth in pass defense. Um, they can get pressure with Aaron Donald, and 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 their offense is good enough that I mean the Seahawks defense sucks. But I mean, there's really only one reason why I'm picking the Seahawks here, and that's because I think the Seahawks are a contender. I just said they're a contender in the NFC. If they lose this game. That proves me wrong. So I have, to, I have to be consistent. If they lose this game, this shows that they, their, their defense just isn't good enough to be a contender in this league. If they win this game, they're still a contender in my eyes. I'm going to be consistent in my eyes and pick the Seahawks. Win. Great teams don't lose twice in a row that often. This Rams team, I think, can beat the Seahawks. If it wasn't, if I didn't think the Seahawks were real contenders, 
If you think the Seahawks are frauds, I think this is a fair game to pick them. If, but I, I believe in Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, they get the dub. Honestly, I just don't think Russell Wilson is going to lose two games in a row. I said, I remember I said it before last time you guys got me and I was right. And yeah. I just – I'm not picking against Russell Wilson after a loss. Yeah, you were right. Um, what's interesting is all four games, you know, we've been looking at, I'm like, man, both teams kind of need this game. Yeah. We're at this point yeah. of the season. And I think for the Seahawks to do what they want to do, and that's win the division, they need this game for the Rams – to make the playoffs, I think they need to beat a team like the Seahawks. These are all prove me games. Yeah, yeah. and in prove me games, I am going to take Russell Wilson. Yep, exactly. And I will always take Russell Wilson. I was wrong in the 49ers game. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks. All right, we got one more matchup for you um, in terms of NFL football, Bills and Cardinals. Fun games, two good quarterbacks, whatever Daniel may say. Daniel, I'll let, I'll let you have the first word on this. Oh, I think these are two very similar teams, and I think they're explosive, deep threat um, passing games, and, you know, they, they, there's a lot of fireworks. We're going to see a lot of fireworks, and I just think, you know, again, it's a prove-me game, and it's less important for the Bills because they already won the division, and they're probably not going to get that one seed, but for the Cardinals, yeah, they beat the, they beat the Seahawks at home, and that's not easy to do, and... Now it's another team that has sort of that similar explosive down the field with a running quarterback. And I just think that the Cardinals at home, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, I think they're really rounding into form here. And I'm going to pick the Cardinals. To be honest, I think this is the game of the week. I'm really 50-50 on this one. And ironically, these are the two teams that both beat the Seahawks are both playing in this game, which it shows you you that we all consider Seahawks a contender how good they are. Um, I think I'd actually mm, make I'm, your pick. Decide. It's choosing time. I think I'm. You know what? I like Kyler Murray. I'm okay. going Cardinals. Perfect. I think the Bills are a better team, but I think this week they just came off an emotional win against the Seahawks. Super scored a ton of points. I think the Cardinals are going to win this one. Don't doubt the Blade Runner. Don't doubt the Blade Runner. Actually, the Cardinals came off an emotional loss. Yeah. Okay. Um, Woo-hoo. I will say this. The Dolphins are a game behind the Bills, and this is a silly way of thinking, but, I mean, the Cardinals lost to the Dolphins, and the Bills do have something to play for. I mean, if the, Bills, the Dolphins win this week and the Bills lose, they are now tied for the division lead. Um, what do you mean ridiculous? I mean, it's ridiculous because who, no one will say the Dolphins are the better team. No, but you've got to consider the fact that they're only a game yeah. back. I know. It's I'm very... just saying it's ridiculous that we're even at that point. Oh, oh rather, the, I thought you were saying it was ridiculous analysis. Okay. No. Um, okay, I get it. Okay. I see the card. I guess this is actually more. How, first off, you know, you know, everyone who listens knows my fetish for Josh Allen, the Blade Honor, yeah. and the fetish? Bills. Yeah. Anyway, I, anyway, here I think my analysis in picking the Bills actually comes more in the Cardinals diagnosis. Um, I see them very much like a Seahawkish team, um, and I think the Bills. You just just showed you what they can do against a Seahawkish team. Their defense is good enough that they can neutralize a good offense enough. And Josh Allen, I mean. You can say he's only played. He only had one good game this season against bad teams, but he's had pretty much all good games in my eyes against bad. Sorry, he's only had one good game against good defenses, but you, he's had all good games against bad defenses. Jets game is debatable, whatever. I don't feel like talking about that. But I mean, I think Josh Allen is going to eat like he did. The Cardinals are going to have to keep up with the Bills on offense because their defense, other than Buda Baker, is very shoddy. And honestly, honestly. I don't think they can. This Bills defense is really, really good. People forget this. Tredavious White. They've got a good – they get good pressure. I mean, Chase Edmonds is good. They don't have – they don't have a – I guess not Kenny Drake wasn't that good either. But I see this very much like the Bills were Seahawks and the Bills won that game. 
So, Bills are going to win this game. Finally, a game that's near and dear to my heart. Michigan versus Wisconsin. Um, Michigan's been underperforming, as they always do, perennially. What? Why don't you lead us to lead your picks off this week? Lead your picks off. What? Who do you think is going to win? My heart says Michigan. My heart says Michigan. And that's where I'm going to leave it at. I I really hope they they win because I'm I'm getting very sad as a Michigan fan. We have some friends up in Michigan. They're getting sad. I mean, I want to hear. What do you guys think? This is what I like to call – well, not me. This is uh, from around the NFL podcast. Shout out. But this is called a a cornered animal game. right? We got an animal in the corner when you're talking about Michigan. All right, they're one and two. Jim Harbaugh's job is on the line. If they go one and three, we are going to start hearing about possible firing at the end of the season. He's not made the college football playoff in his first – whatever, four or five seasons. So they need to win this game. I think we could all agree on that. Not just – I mean, we're not, ta- we're not talking about college football playoff anymore. We're just talking about a big-time bowl game now. But they're not a good football team. They're not a good – we saw them. They lost to Michigan State, who lost to Rutgers. So yeah. put two and two together. Um, and Wisconsin, look, they're not afraid of playing Michigan, and they're not afraid of going to the big house. And with no fans, you shouldn't be afraid of going to the big house. And I think Wisconsin, I think the one thing I worry about is Wisconsin overlooking Michigan for Ohio State because that's the big Big Ten team. I don't think they're going to do that. I think Michigan, you still, they still have the pedigree. I think Wisconsin's going to go out, come out and play and win. Yeah, this is, of course, a huge rivalry. Listen, it comes down to a few things in this game, the difference. Joe Milton has ran well. Throwing accuracy. <laughs> Listen, everyone, people are underestimating Indiana. That's a hard loss. But Michigan's not elite. Here's where I'm picking Wisconsin. Let me preface with that. Here's where I worry about Wisconsin. Two big worries. They haven't played in three weeks since COVID, two and a half. But their quarterback might not play because of COVID. That's a huge – they have a good backup, and I think Billy Vandenbroek or someone like that. I don't call me on that. But but um, but their court if, – if Graham Mertz plays, Mertz, Mertz, whatever, plays, who, by the way, scorched the earth against Illinois, who sucks. But still, I think he's a legit quarterback. They're going to easily win this game even without the practice. But once you take out the starting QB and no practice, this Michigan team can win. It just comes out to the fact that this Michigan team is greatly underperforming. I don't think they have the bite to come out firing. I think they're, they're deflated. Badgers. They don't have a bite, but like an alligator, they have a staff. Look, to me, it comes down to the fact, as Dan says, they're kind of a quartered animal. Do I think Michigan's going to be good this year? No, I don't. To be honest, I don't. But I just – I can't see them going one and three. And especially if the Wisconsin starting quarterbacks out, they've been off a few weeks. Kind of looks like things are kind of trending in the wrong direction in this game. I just – I think this is the game that kind of Michigan wins and we're all like, oh, what the hell? And then they become bad again. But I think this is their game. I'm picking, I'm picking mm-hmm. the Wolverine. Thanks, Jeremy. That's very kind. You're welcome. I got you. All right. So uh, with that, we can move on to our Wax Sport of the Week. Else, take it away. Our Wax Sport of the Week is – Okay, then. Bottle kicking. So, bottle kicking is an old English game that is played in the village of, so Dan's kicking me, okay, I see how it is, of Halton every year on Easter Monday. It's a good Easter sport. Um, the game, which has continued to be played till date, has records of being played as far back as the late 18th century. There are no restrictions on the number of players on teams. You make teams, and there are really no rules for bottle kicking. How do you play? Um, you you can't, like, physically harm someone. But other than that, there's very few rules, and it's extremely physical. 
you can't like poke someone, but you can wrestle and stuff like that. You have a bunch of kegs of ale, right? You have to move it a full. That's not at all what Jeremy's doing. You have kegs of ale. <laughs> you have ale kegs, right? A full keg of ale, and you I have, and each team has one keg, and whoever moves it a mile straight wins. And you can and you can fight the other teams like wrestle, not like poke, stab, shiv. You can't do that, but you have to move your keg across to the end of the field to win. First team that makes it there wins, gets very aggressive, gets very fun, and that is the wacky sport of bottle kicking. And now I think it is time for us to conclude, and we got a special announcement for this conclusion. Our YouTube channel is back up and running with a more competent leader at the house. <clears throat> Jeremy's out. I, um, that's right. I'm out, baby. We'll be posting clips. Go check out to see Ori's mustache. Um, anyway, other than uh, you should also just check out to me, see me, Dan, and Jeremy try to work the camera. It's pretty bad work, but we'll get better at it. We'll get better at it. We'll try. Anyway, as always, subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, not Amazon Podcasts, at Google Podcasts, Deezer, Buzzsprout, wherever pretty much you get your podcast unless it's some weird foreign site, and we're not there. Well, you're lost. I don't know how you're listening to us now, though. So subscribe to our podcast, get put, turn on notifications, get every episode when it comes out. To get that fire content on those Saturday and Friday mornings. Oh, we always come out Saturday and Friday mornings. Anyway, on top of that, follow our Instagram at watt.podcast at w, all lowercase, w-o-t.p-o-d-c-a-s-t. And your Twitter. I'm getting there. You're we post. slow. Jeremy, I swear to God, do not hijack lending. We post a bunch of cool content on there. Uh, some Photoshop's pretty cool. Anyway, follow our Twitter at watt.podcast. That's capital W, all lowercase, o-t.p-o-d-c-a-s-t. And that is our Twitter. Got Dan Fox live reactions at the helm. You can see him angrily tweeting about the Bucks after he makes false nah, predictions. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't tweet that last day. Or a bunch I'm of other things. Sure but either way, it's pretty entertaining. Also, you get notifications when new episodes are out. So go do that. I think that is all for this week. Thank you for listening. This is week three of our predictions. Reminder, there's five weeks. We'll be back next week as per always. Maybe some of us will be more in person. Jacob's coming home. We'll see how it hey, goes. Yeah, wait, yeah. Anyway, happy birthday to Jeremy Big 19. Wish him happy birthday in the comments of our Instagram. As always, have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy. Coke's on the rise, boys uh, and girls. Stay safe. You guys, you guys got it, man. Just stay safe. And hope you enjoyed the episode. And you know what's coming up. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>